talking about how do we go about um, articulating the value to the client in a way that they can understand it and appreciate it and choose us versus the hourly model that's out there. So if you don't do this right, you can get absolutely destroyed in the consult room. Okay, so I'm going to walk through how we do it. In a few weeks ago, I released a podcast on our consult process that we have utilized that has been very successful for us. So I would definitely encourage you to watch that. Well, hello and welcome to the Jay Sterling Hughes Show, where we share the secrets and the strategies of how we are building a rapidly growing law practice. You know, over the past nine years, we have grown from zero attorneys to over 25 and doing over $15 million in revenue. And my purpose here is to document what's working and what's not working in our practice with hopes that you can take that, you can recontextualize that for your practice and shorten your success curve. My name is Jeff Hughes and I'm your host. And this is the third part of a four-part series on converting from hourly to fixed fee. In the first episode, I talked about the context we found ourselves ourselves in as a firm and why we made that adjustment from hourly to fixed fee and also some of the benefits and features of fixed fee versus hourly and how the, the arguments for both of those. Then in the second, I talked about how we structured our agreements and we break all of our agreements up into stages so clients can understand you know, where the work is going, how long it takes and so forth and how those, those uh, matters break up. And we did that along the natural breakpoints when cases tend to settle or not settle and when they need third-party involvement and so forth. So today I'm going to talk about the trickiest part of the fixed fee model. And that is how do you articulate value to the client so they can understand it? How do you sell it to them so they can feel good and feel comfortable and not confused about fixed fee? So next week, I'm going to talk about how we deliver that service and the mindset shift that it requires for us to be able to serve clients with a fixed fee. And then results. I'm going to conclude with the results that we've seen that have been astounding, especially from a client appreciation standpoint. So, okay, talking about how do we go about um, articulating the value to the client in a way that they can understand it and appreciate it and choose us versus the hourly model that's out there. So if you don't do this right, you can get absolutely destroyed in the consult room. Okay, so I'm going to walk through how we do it. In a few weeks ago, I released a podcast on our consult process that we have utilized that has been very successful for us. So I would definitely encourage you to watch that because that will help you get a better feel for this. But for now, for abbreviated version of that, here's how we do that. So if we're in the consult room and we've done a really good job connecting with the client, getting the information that we need and working toward through the consult, now we're at the part where we want to talk about what is the investment? What is that going to cost the client from a standpoint of their um, their fees with us? First question we ask is, have you worked with an attorney before? And what we are driving for there is to understand the context that they are coming to us in. What, what could be their preconceived notions on what it's like to work with a law firm? And what we're looking for here is, have they worked with an hourly attorney before? Or, they, or do they have an understanding of how hourly attorneys work? Because we want to contrast that environment with our environment. So that's, that'll guide where we go from here. And most clients have an understanding in some way how hourly lawyers work. So when we get into articulating our fixed fee value, what we do after we get the context established is we focus on three things, the three major winning benefits of working with fixed fee for a client working with us. First one is we talk about communication, how communication in a fixed fee environment is so far superior to an hourly environment. 
So what typically happens in an hourly environment is when the client wants to share information or talk with the attorney or just be encouraged about what's going on and, and just understand where they're at in the process, every time they reach out, that attorney, that hourly attorney can bill them, texting, emailing, phone calls, whatever. Anytime it takes time from that lawyer, that's something that they can be billed for. And what happens over time is that clients see those bills come in. And they think, my goodness, I was charged you know, 60 bucks for a short email that's explaining something. Therefore, I'm not going to reach out as much. I'm going to pull back on my communication. I'm not going to share as much because I don't want to get whacked with another bill every time I do that. So I'm going to kind of batch my information sharing or whatever, or I'm just not going to ask. I'm just going to be quiet because I don't want to spend any more money than I have to. So I'm just going to clam up. Well, what happens when that occurs is the lifeblood of the relationship is diminished. So that relationship is based on communication between the client and the lawyer. The lawyer also needs that communication because that's the raw material they use to advocate, defend, and, and work for their client. They don't have as much, so they don't have as much to work with. So the results tend to be inferior to what they could be with really good, healthy communication back and forth. Well, with hourly, you've got hurdles in place to constrict that. With fixed fee, it's open communication, and the results, I believe, tend to be better over time with that sort of that sort of relationship between the attorney and the client. The second thing is that with fixed fee versus hourly, your incentives are aligned. When clients come to see us, of course they articulate what they want. They want to talk about the difficulty that they're going through, the hardship in their life, the really traumatic, just really sad circumstances. And they'll talk about their children, how they want to see that that schedule look like after the divorce is over with and all of those sort of things. And that's really important. But what they don't articulate much that every single one of them wants is they want their case over with. Well, an hourly lawyer, that's not where their incentives are driven for. Their incentives are selling time. So the more time that they sell, the more that they make. They don't make money on cases that get over with quick. They quit making money when the case is over with. So there's a natural disincentive to move cases along. And I believe the vast majority of lawyers are good, honest, compassionate people who want to do what's right for the client. And they will move a case along and get it over with. And they won't like turn the file and make it worse. But I also know that there are a fair amount of crooks and scoundrels out there who will do that. And we all know those people. And there are also a fair amount who get personally invested in their cases. And they unconsciously or at least unknowingly, these lawyers make these cases way worse than they need to be. Either they don't control the client well, or they just put all of their own baggage in the case and they get all upset about things that they should be more de detached than they are. But that stuff happens, right? Well, with the fixed fee environment, then those incentives are aligned and that lawyer wants the case over with because that's when they've ethically earned that fee. And so they're pushing to get the job completed, not just to sell time. So helping the client see that is a vital aspect of helping them understand the immense value that comes from fixed fee versus hourly. And the third thing is, look, the client's there to see you and their life is upside down. It's very, very difficult what they're going through. And they have a lot of uncertainty in their life. They don't want more. And so if you're able to help them see that, look, you have all this uncertainty, we're not going to pile on that and give you more uncertainty with it in the form of a bill every month, not knowing what that fee is going to look like and be surprised or not even get a bill every month and get one sporadically, which is even worse. So that happens a ton. So helping the client see that you know, you're going to get that sort of certainty from us that you're not going to get in an hourly environment because we're going to tell you what your fees are going to be 
for, through your whole case, that gives them a whole lot of comfort and peace to know that, look, that issue is taken care of. I, I don't maybe not like the fee, but I know what it's going to be and I can prepare mentally and emotionally for that. So we have to think in terms of see ourselves as delivering value and not ours. That's a massive shift to make to help the client understand the value and not focus on the hours part of it. So what I've also seen is that retainers for hourly lawyers tend to be smaller, in some cases a lot smaller than the initial fee they pay us. So if clients are left to compare the fixed fee environment versus the hourly environment, they're going to look at what they can understand, and that's dollars. And if they get a quote of $5,000 initial retainer, and a $8,000 stage one fee with us, they're naturally going to think, well, the 5,000 is better than the 8,000. I'm getting the same exact thing. If they think that, then we have lost that opportunity to serve that client. So they need to understand how that fixed fee works versus the hourly. That retainer is just that. It's an initial retainer, meaning you're going to have to replenish that every month, or at least on some sort of a basis, whenever that's exhausted, you're going to have to pay more. So that's not your final fee. That's just your initial fee. So that's important for clients to be able to understand that. And I've seen not a lot of variance for hourly initial retainers. It's typically three to five to six thousand dollars for your average case, but I've seen a huge variance on how that's actually managed once that's done or once that initial fee is paid. So some firms figure out a way to burn through that really quick. Some are more economical with that on how they handle it with their clients. So helping clients see that is is really important. Now, the next thing is how do you actually quote these cases? And this can be this can be very challenging to do. So here's how our firm has done it. And we have made many mistakes around this. And so what we've settled on is we have a quoting tool that you can basically put into an Excel or Google Sheet spreadsheet and figure that out. And what we do is we'll we'll rank the client right up front on what we feel is their touch level will be. Okay, so some folks are, you know, call me once every quarter and I'm good. <laughs> some are late. They need to talk to you on a daily basis multiple times a day because they, they need a lot more support going through that. So trying to um, ascertain that and assess that right up front is important. So we'll, we'll rank them on a scale of one to five of where we think they're their needs are going to be from a communication standpoint. And then from there, most of that, most of the is just issue identifying. So identifying obviously children, how likely are these parties going to be able to negotiate and resolve that, those issues around children, around custody, around placement. We we have a number of questions we ask around the financials of the of the case and then try to obviously figure out any support issues we need to try to get a, an upfront look at. Now, I want to point something out. You can ask a million questions here. Don't do that, okay? So you don't need to know every single 401k balance. You just need to know generally what the assets are, what the debt is, you know, where the parties stand on some of these issues around placement and custody, what, you know, obviously the length of the marriage, the income disparity, and those sort of things. So you can figure out the support components of things, but high-level stuff, identifying those issues, how likely are they are going to be, and then from there, you're going to get your quote. That's how we do it. So we only do divorce, paternity, and post-judgment. And each of those, those are matter types as we call them, and each of those have a service path. So for divorce, we've got four service paths for that. We have a mediated divorce. We have your your typical full rep divorce. Then we have a, like a collaborative divorce. And the third one would be more of a coaching, meaning we we're, we act more as a consultant. Some folks, they just need that to get through their case. It's maybe the issues aren't as 
intense, or maybe they just feel like they can do that on their own. So those are the different service paths we have for that. Then we have a limited scope, obviously, where we'll, you know, someone will need us just on an aspect of the divorce, so we'll do a limited scope agreement. So we have similar arrangements for paternity, and we have similar arrangements for post-judgments. Post-judgments are much harder to quote because the procedures aren't as settled there, and they could vary quite a bit. So we have to, you know, be be thoughtful around which county they're in, who they're in front of, and so forth to to quote on that. But we figured out how to do that, and we figured out how to do that at scale, and it works really well. Most of our stages are time-based. We'll base it on a certain amount of time, and those will vary more significantly in post-judgments because the procedure is different. So you have to have an understanding of the procedure a little bit so you can quote those out properly. So that's how we do it from a quoting standpoint. So All right, that's how we do it from a articulating value standpoint. I'm going to conclude next week with the final one on on how we serve the clients, what has to happen from a mindset shift to serve those clients well, and what's happened um, from a results standpoint. See you all next week.